Right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Soshing with Suntwe. Today we've got a hell of a packed house. We've got Ilan, Graham, Jim, Brito. We're supposed to have a couple of other characters joining us as well. And we're going to be talking about conservation from all sorts of different perspectives. But before we get into it, we're just going to take a moment to share and get this all out there so that we uh, can get um, this thing going. We're trying to break a record of viewership because Ilan so, so far has the highest viewers, live viewers on the on the feed. So if you want to help us get this uh, going out there, share it and invite your friends so we can kill Ilan's record with this group with this group mission. So um, yeah, let's get onto our page here and start sharing. We, it's a pity Cesar's not here because he's a pro guide and he would have been great to have from his perspective in the, in the guiding industry. But Graham works with wilderness and uh, is very involved in that sort of thing as well. So he's a good person to have on the team. Right, spread there. And I'm going to share it to group. Right, we're good. I think, I, I think I've shared it properly. Does, how do we know once we've broken uh, Ilan's knees? I mean, his record. Is, <laughs> I, I'll tell you. So far, we've got uh, seventeen people watching. So, um, so it's looking, it's looking promising. It looks like my we wife might she log, log in, or she's sitting here. Should she log in to make it eighteen? and log in with all of those different devices so you you maximize that's what i did when we were one-on-one -on -one. you had 75 devices logged in <laughs> <laughs> cool so just to introduce the people we have with us at the moment um obviously i'm i'm the village idiot and that's coordinating this We've got uh, Jim at the bottom. Uh, Jim is from the US, and uh, he's a good mate of mine that I met a few years ago, and uh, we've kept in comms ever since then. And Jim is, uh, has taken a very uh, interesting entrepreneurial path in his life and is, uh, is doing some great things. We've got Brito down the bottom as well. Brito is a, a paramedic and trains other paramedics and is also a very highly accomplished uh, photographer. On, on the show that we did together, we went over some of his his photos and some of his art and what he does and um, yeah, some pretty pretty impressive stuff. So Brito and I have been friends for a couple of years and worked with, with each other quite a lot and developed a friendship over that time. Uh, Ilan and I have known each other for years. Ilan's a, a restaurateur slash entrepreneur slash um, Liverpool fan, as you can see by the scarf around his neck, much to Graham's disgust. And Graham and I were good mates in Big Falls. He works for Wilderness Safaris. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, he spends a lot of time in the camps at uh, Wilderness and in the bush. And so we've all come together now to chat about conservation from whatever different angles we can have. Um, I have some comments here from Christine Robinson and Val Chikali saying happy birthday. Thank you to everyone who sent me a happy birthday message today. It's been wonderful to feel the love from you all. <laughs> Um, the whole reason we're doing this broadcast differently today and getting together is because I'm having this as my little birthday party. And uh, I love doing this and I love hanging out with uh, people and having good, intelligent conversations. So I thought this would be the best way to spend an hour of my time on this day. 
So, uh, yeah, thanks for the wishes, everybody. Shall we get on and see? So, conservation is a big topic. And I'm going to give you a disclaimer before I really dive into this, because I'm going to want to hear perspectives from 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 all you different all your different perspectives. But I've I'm going to play a little bit of a of a of a devil's advocate in some ways because I have I've been conservation is a is a topic that I've been uh, passionate about for a long time, but also struggling with various uh, paradoxical thoughts of my own, where I think you know. I'll get into a bit more in a minute, but I, I really have conflicting ideas about the whole thing and um, and how conservation should be or could be or would be, and and the very the very concept of conservation is a is, a, is I'm having conflicting thoughts on it. So the first thing I want to do is I want to I want to just with one word, pro or against, I'm going to ask a single question, and I and and I'm going to go Elan Graham Jim Brito, and we're going to. Pro or against, and then we're going to discuss the topic on on of this topic in conservation. So the the, the pro or against? Are you pro trophy hunting or against trophy hunting? I mean, how did I? I could have I could have answered you before you even started speaking. I knew exactly what you were gonna what you were gonna <laughs> say. Uh, and do I have to go with one answer? No, you I can you can tell me your perspective on it. I can, I can be on the fence. You can, for sure. I'll, st I'll stay on this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cowardice one. Absolute cowardice. You're on the fence, but which way are you falling if you were pushed? To be honest... Um, Onto the spikes on the top of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, to be honest, I don't know enough to, to you know, go either way. You know, you... You know, you'll read articles, but and and you'll take an article for being true, but the article, you know, will always be one sided. Do you know what I'm saying? So, absolutely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on the fence, but there's bikes okay. one on the fence, Graham. What are you thinking? I'm against it, but um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, there's, there's, there's not one answer fits all. Different regions, different countries, different cultures and things like that. So there's not one answer fits all. I think we, we might unpack it a bit more. But if you said to me, I have to choose right now, what is the path? The path is definitely against um, trophy hunting. I know there'll be people that'll hate on me and stuff like that. We can hopefully have a good debate. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll all leave here as friends because that's what debates are about. Other people having having a chance to, to voice their opinions. I've just seen it benefit firsthand, um, sustainable versus uh, consumptive. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an against a trophy hunting. Okay, so we've got fence against. Jim, what, is your, what do you have to say about it? I, I feel like I first need to say that I live in South Florida, not anywhere near the bush, not even on the continent of uh, where there is much of that. Uh, so that's the place I'm coming from, and I'm always looking to learn more. But my current opinion on it is that first – I'm, I'm pro as long as it's sustainable. So if there's a way that we can make it sustainable and make it regulated, it can be good for the economy of an area as long as we're closely monitoring it and making sure that it's not actually damaging the population of whatever's being hunted. 
Okay, cool. So just to um, welcome Smokey. We see you, buddy. Hey, guys. Let's hear that chocolate sauce voice of yours. Um, so, Smokey, I don't know if you heard what we were what we were discussing. Basically, uh, we're looking at different perspectives on conservation. And the first question that I've just asked now to everybody is, um, in just a short yeah. uh, short answer, pro or against trophy hunting as a, as a means for conservation and uh, and sustainable wildlife management. So, uh, Ilan said he's on the fence and that he doesn't have enough information to make a decision. Graham said he's predominantly against it, but it's not a black and white topic. It's more of something that depends on culture and uh, geography and different ways of doing things in different ways and different places. Uh, Jim was also saying his uh, his geographic location and where he comes from doesn't give him enough information to make a, an informed decision for, for Africa, really. So let's hear, what about you? What do you think about um, pro or against? Well, first of all, happy birthday, man. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> uh, honestly, look, look, man, like this, uh, yeah, you, you picked uh, quite the heavy subject, um, you know, um, for your, your, you know, a birthday celebration, right? <laughs> um, ah <laughs> uh, um but look uh I, I will say i'm probably um also on the on the fence because I, I i think I, I i don't know because you know on one end right like you would want to control the population right um if if you know what i mean like you can't totally you know uh rule it out and say you know you can't do a b c d but i i don't know i'm probably on on the fence on this one um i think it all de depends there's a there's a gray area right mm -hmm. i i can't i i can't say i'm 100 on the no let's not do it and you know i can't mm -hmm. say i think you know for me if it, it if it's done I think it should be done in a way that um, is kind of ethical, uh, right? <laughs> but then again, you say trophy hunting, which is kind of like for sport, right? So it can't be ethical at all. Look, I'm probably going to say no. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm probably going to say I'm not. I was about to ask, how do you kill I'm something ethically when you You know, because look, look, Exactly. Okay. You know, okay. So my mind is coming back. My mind is coming back. Um, <laughs> I'm back. Pass, pass, no. pass. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm not for trophy hunting. <laughs> Dude, we should so, be talking about booze and, and and you know and going out. But yeah, cool. So okay. So. Let's just let's just throw that same question to Brito so he can have his input on that, and then we'll move forward from there. Uh, thanks, uh, Paul, and happy birthday, and uh, good evening, everyone. Um, this is a very controversial topic, uh, but uh, yep. allow me to talk 
allow me to air my views from, uh, a, a, I mean, a village background, uh, just to create this controversy and so that everybody could appreciate. Um, I would, I would, at a lengthy way, say hunting is the way to go. Just to take on Graham's point that it depends on where you are. Uh, right in Zimbabwe here, if you are, if you have grown up in places like Matebelele North, where we are mostly dependent on on agriculture, um, where we 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 are subsistence farmers. I mean, the elephant population for us growing up has been a great, great deal. Not only destroying our food crops and uh, the rest, but also endangering human lives. Yes, I know it's controversial. How do we circle along the pathways of elephants? But um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at length saying hunting is the way to go, but as long as it is sustainable, both angles should actually benefit. The community is the center part of conservation. It's a great deal. So for hunting for me, that's the way to go. I mean, no one is going to fight me, I believe. So we are just bringing a debate here uh, with dignity. There we go. All right, cool. So we've already got a comment from Trav Norkey, and Trav is saying he wants to throw a cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, the photographic safaris have a far greater environmental impact due to sheer numbers needed to bring in as much money that one trophy hunter brings in. What are your thoughts on that? So I'd like to start with Graham, because Graham should have some good input on this, having come from this sort of um, this background. So what do you reckon, Gray? Look, we, we, we're going to have to always just go back to, to rule number one, that it's always fine to disagree with people. Because as soon as if, if people start to, to if, imagine if I like said, Brito, you're wrong, blah, 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 and jumped off here and ran to his house right. down the street. You know, that's, that's no way to do it. So even people that are, are commenting and stuff, everyone's got their, their own opinion to, to do, which is fine. So it also comes down to, to, to a level of education. And I'm not saying education like someone is silly or someone is clever. But the the fact that uh, sorry, I just need to scroll up. It's Trav, hey. Um, so yeah. I don't know what his background is. He might be a hunter, so I don't want to don't wanna irritate mm -hmm. him. Then I've got a lot of friends that are hunters and, and whatnot. So, um, but I, I don't see it as a cat amongst the pigeon because I, I I don't know what figures he's looking at. There's numerous studies out there showing that photographic photographic tourism brings in a lot more. If we're looking at photographic tourism going to stay at Wangi lodges you know obviously and people are, get, are being charged 70 dollars to go and stay there then yes yeah shooting cecil the lion brings in a lot more money okay um oh, always you the noise word, yeah you had to go i use the c word so <laughs> if if but if you look at other things if you look at say an envelo uh, wilderness safaris african bush camps great plains you know in some places you you, you you're paying a lot more so now we're going to divert i'm sure people say yeah but not everyone can afford that so that will be a, a separate topic but if you're charging someone you know, $500 a night to come in and, and stay in the pristine area where Cecil used to walk around. And you've got, I mean, you, 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 Cecil or his, his, his cousin, let's say his cub lives for, you know, 12, 13 years or whatever. That's long for a male line. If you're charging, you know, $500 per person and, and someone can see him every single day for 15 years, times that 500, how much compared to what it, it costs? If anyone's got a calculator, let me know. But it's a lot more than 50,000 or 100,000 or $200,000 that it takes to shoot. 
um, to shoot one line. Paul, if you need to cut me off, just cut me off if I'm talking too much. So, so there's different there's different levels of tourism. That's why I said it's not a clear cut. You can't just say um, photographic safaris take it. Uh, it costs too much, especially if we jump onto say gym side of the of the world. You know, where there's people aren't paying five hundred dollars a night to go and stay in a national park. Um, so then it is different. You know, it, it, it's it, it totally depends. But if you look at Botswana's um, way in terms of their sustainable tourism, they went away from hunting. Yes, it was controversial. Yes, it kicked up a lot of fuss. But Botswana is 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 fundamentally sustainable where the animal populations are growing, the good genes are being passed on and not being shot. I'm going to cut myself off now because I probably said too much and maybe there's more thoughts. But when we talk about ethical and sustainable, Zimbabwe used to be a very ethical and sustainable way. Trophies were... Um, sent skulls were sent to to scientists who would measure the teeth and the length and that and they'd say hey hang on leopards are getting smaller um, they're not as old etc etc we need to not shoot as many many leopards unfortunately what's happened in in our society and it's not just Zimbabwe so I don't want any any Charlie tens knocking at my door later but um, what's happened in, in Zimbabwe is that people are getting a little bit desperate for things so Cecil is a, is a great cause you know they they basically took a quota from an area that was legal to hunt and moved it to somewhere else. So if we were in an ideal world and we said, if everything's ethical, the right weaponry was used, the most amount of people were hired, you know, a tracker and, and stuff like that, then it's fine. But we're not there yet. So when someone comes in and does something unethical and shoots a lion that's not um, ready for the pot, let's call it that, or takes down an elephant that was deemed a problem elephant, but is actually not a, not, not a problem elephant, then that's gone. There's no like, oh, shit, let's, uh, let's resuscitate him because we've got tourists right. that want to see it. Yeah. The amount of money yeah. we lost from, from okay. the impact of Cecil. And I'm not talking about armchair conservations that weren't going to travel, but people that were able to come and see that lion was, we, we, you can never put a, a figure on it. Because people don't call you and say, I was going to come, now I'm not going to come. So they just pull pull away from it um, straight away. So that's my view. So yeah, sorry, I know I went I went over. I should have kept it to thirty seconds and, and carried on. Um, but like again, like again, it's not clear cut. It's not black and white. I think Smokey said it's good. It's gray areas. Um, but once you shoot an animal, once you take that life, it's gone. You can't then suddenly have it coming back. And so Trav, awesome question based on yes, Wangi and stuff like that. But if you are looking at where safaris are going and the amount of money people are spending. Um, uh, your your question's not really valid. Sorry, man. We can debate it more. I'll shut up now for a second. Uh, just so you know, uh, CISA is around. Uh, CISA's supposed to be on the screen with us. So, CISA, I'll bring you in at some point. Uh, if you can click that link, and uh, maybe I'll be able to see you in the in the in the lineup at the bottom. But I won't be able to bring you in while there's six people. So we'll just juggle a little bit. Boot um, me, Paulie, if you want, because I've I've just said my thing. Or get the audience to vote, but then Elan's going to be the only one here because he's got all his followers. Honestly, I might be the one who just has to leave because, um, look, conservation. I don't think like I have the you know the amount of expertise to even like have a voice in this like. Well, well, I don't worry. We're gonna chat, and it'll well, all have... come up. Don't worry. There's no. We don't. We're not. We don't want qualifications here. We want perspectives from yes, different. Yes. What do we want to hear? We want to hear what your thoughts are. I want to hear Smokey's voice. Right I mean, I want to hear his opinion. <laughs> yeah, we want to hear your thoughts because there's no right or wrong, and we, <laughs> by knowing what you think about it, is how we then can can then other people watching can make formulated opinions based on many different perspectives rather than getting into an echo chamber of just hearing one 
one narrative the whole time. And I think that's the important thing that 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 we need to do. We need to hear the different perspectives from from different walks of life, different people from different parts of the world, so that you can make proper informed decisions. Because at the moment, especially as you can see on social media, people get themselves into these echo chambers and they don't want to inform themselves and they don't want to know anything and they don't want to actually learn anything that's outside of their own narrative and it's creating massive problems. So I think that's the whole point. Um, Paul. Uh, Christine Robinson, just to let you know, we're talking about conservation, whether it, we're looking at it from all different angles, whatever way we can. There's currently 36 people watching. So if we're going to break Ilan's 75 record, guys, you need to start tagging mates and sharing because we're trying to, we're trying to outdo Ilan's record yeah, because his, his head is way too big from that and we need to bring him back. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> uh, Trav says, uh, Graham, good point. However, I was referring to the environmental impact. One trophy hunter produces far, far less pollution, consumes far less, etc., than, say, 200 photographic tourists. Imagine 200 tourists drinking five plastic bottles of water per day versus just the one trophy hunter. It's got some good points. I like that. That's a brilliant yeah. point there. <laughs> look, I, look, I don't want to hog the screen and stuff, but yeah, it is, it is a good point. But obviously, you know, most safari industries have changed. You know, we've, we, we've moved away from plastic water bottles. Corona might throw a spanner in that because it's all reusable now. Um, but guests get their own one, so it, it's it's that. Um, also, a lot of the safari industries now to 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 be approved have to be green conscious. So you can't just you know you have to use solar solar powers, etc. Um, yeah, it, look, it is a good point, but but we uh, the company I work for and most of our competitors, the ones I have to follow, are all low impact. Um, so you've got you know twelve rooms and you've got forty two thousand five hundred hectares. It's not a lot of people. It's only five vehicles driving around, etc. Um, and it's all all low emissions, and some are even going to electric and stuff. But yeah, a, a good point. If it's the mass tourism, the buses of um, of tourists coming in, say like you've got in the, the Maasai, it is a problem. But where where the industry is going now, um, it is low impact. Graham, can I just ask you, just as a matter of interest, um, do you find that a lot of the argument is what Travis is bringing up is photographic versus um, trophy? I mean, should that even be a debate? You know, is that? You know, I just find it strange that you know one needs to be one needs to outweigh the other. Surely they they, you know, each have their own standing. And I don't know. Do, do you? The question to you was, is that the common debate, or, or you know? Yeah, it, it is, Ivan, and it's sad. It was one of the points I made. You know, a lot of people in today's society, particularly because we're all being locked up and we're not allowed out, we're not getting the social. Um, stuff that we desire but a lot of people believe you have to choose a side you know so it's like do you believe in corona or don't you yes or no do you believe in black lives matter yes or no and it's it's not that i just use black lives matter i know it's totally different if i if i believe in black lives matter i'm not saying no other lives matter if i believe in um sustainable non-consumptive um, hunting i'm not saying there must be no consumptive hunting because as brito says in certain parts of particularly zimbabwe it's it's needed at the moment in certain parts of Botswana. It's not in certain parts of Kenya. It, it can't be because they don't have a sustainable lion population. So the problem is people like I could Ilan. I just it's like me saying I think Liverpool are poo, and I'm a Man United supporter. But but then it means I don't agree with Ilan. So it means I don't love soccer because he loves soccer. It's not that you know. There's common ground where people can find it, and you can disagree on something. But there's probably a lot more that you actually do agree on. And and the worst thing is it's like religion. It's like um, 
the gun laws and stuff like that and it's also if you bring into democrats and 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 republicans um it's it's such a it's such a fixed fence and people sit on one side or the other and won't actually agree that there is a common ground somewhere else and that, that's one of the tricky things and then people start insulting and then it, it just goes away like we'll never talk it's like imagine back to the liverpool thing if i said i think liverpool's terrible and you started swearing at my mother and you're not going to ever speak to me again and stuff and, it's, and then you know the, the void is there it's done so the debate is there it is it is photographic versus consumptive or as they they call it in the industry consumptive versus non-consumptive um but it's yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It is a debate that'll never go away, like most of the other topics I said. Um, yeah, I don't think it it should be a debate. I think it, it's it's not one size fits all. We need to look at different areas, um, and what works for those areas. Ideally, in the best world, I would say we need to get to a non-consumptive where we can employ more people because I believe the non-consumptive employs more than the consumptive market, and the trickle-down effect is a lot wider. Um, yeah. Sorry, I talk too cool. much. No, no, if I had Smokey's microphone, I'd be like, "Hey, guys." <laughs> uh, so Christy, Christy uh, painting is saying it's. I think I'm not sure there's a grammar here, but uh, the added impact of 500 tourists on spending money in our country versus one. So there is that, but how much money are they spending? As a you know, they, I don't know. Um, there's always the the, the the situation now where you know foot traffic through the country, visas, etc., etc., etc. This comes back down to to if all things were even and all things were being done properly and money was going in the right places, if you could uh, expect your visa going into the right, into the right, uh, the right hands and into the right places to go back into the sustainability of the whole thing, well, then it would be one thing. But, but unfortunately, <laughs> when there's corruption involved, it uh, becomes a whole new, new, new area of debate, doesn't it? So that, that um, I think into the whole hunting debate, really, if it was completely ethical, clean, people were doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, license were being purchased as the way they were supposed to be purchased, and all of that, it would be one thing, it would be a completely different debate. Um, there's another comment here from uh, Trav, just I think there's a compliment towards wilderness. Lovely to hear you guys moving to low emissions and going green. Uh, then Tony Lin is uh, from the States. The company I work for, Adventures on the Gorge, we stopped providing bottled water because of the impact the waste has. We encourage people to bring their own bottles and carry water coolers on the river and on the buses. I'm proud of the company for making the decision. Hopefully more business will follow suit. That's very good. The, more, the, the less single-use plastic that's out there, the better at the end of the day. But that brings us to a whole different sort of debate where I have been conflicting in my mind so this is uh, where Paul, sorry, Paul, you haven't told us where you sit on hunting well <laughs> I, i'm on the fence <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> um, i think just as i've said now like if all things were equal and equal and things are being done ethically exactly how they're supposed to be doing if um, Jim, was that you talking if quotas were being matched, um, managed properly, if game counts were being conducted and only uh, specific animals were being targeted and not, um, you know, not just going for any old, uh, any old uh, convenient animal, then, then, yeah, it works and it does, it does have its, its value. And at the end of the day, what pays stays. Cows are a good example. We kill cows 10 to the million every single day of our lives and they're not going extinct because they have commercial value. Um, 
So from that point of view, I, I, I really think that if you take away the commercial value of something or, or drop the commercial value of something, then you, you're more likely to, to create a scarcity of that, uh, that, that thing than, uh, than, than really promote its, um, its growth. So it's, it's a very difficult topic, as you said, but all things sure. equal, all things being done properly, I'm pro-hunting. If it's not being done properly, then you can't be pro-hunting. So, but then it brings you on to, to another the whole thing of, you know, there's different styles of hunting as well. In, in Zimbabwe, it's more the, the national park buffer zone and concessions that surround national park areas. In South Africa, hunting is almost, I, look, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to make statements that I'm, I'm, again, not that informed on. So if I am wrong, don't crucify me, just, just educate me. Um, but in South Africa, from what, I'm what I understand, it's more canned style. And when I say canned style, it's that most of the animals are purchased for private game reserves from private breeders, put onto their game reserves, and then hunted by clients on those private game reserves. So they're not actually depleting natural stocks in national parks. So that's a completely different thing altogether. And now, now it becomes the whole debate of is breeding lions, breeding impala, breeding zebra, for the sole purpose of shooting, is that ethical or is it not ethical? Is that a good thing because we're, we're, saying we're, we're, we're moving away from killing wild stocks or is it a bad thing because breeding something to die is unethical in the first place? And um, that to me is quite, quite a difficult topic and something I'm very conflicted about, especially when it comes to the whole canned lion thing. Uh, there's massive, massive, massive outrage on on uh, the whole canned lion hunting and blood lions and all that. There's the whole documentary called Blood Lions, but um, it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those uh, one of those difficult topics. We've got Cesar here now, so I'm gonna who who wants to who wants to step out so I can bring in Cesar for a bit. Okay, Smokey. No, no. No. You want to no. leave, Graham? No, no, I just, I'm just trying to appease Christine in case she tries to vote me out. Eh? She's just making sure. <laughs> no, because I spoke lo longest last, maybe you answer me out and then I can come back and answer some, answer some questions just now. Yeah, Sorry, Christine. Yeah, yeah. We're still need Graham to come and answer some questions here. There's a question that is from Donna Tipler. Did you see that, Paul? I think Graham is the best person to take it over. But I'm sure when, yeah. I mean, whenever it comes. Hold on, we've got quite a lot going on here at the moment. Um, Graham, what are your feelings uh, regarding the elephant population in Wangi and as a result, the capture and transport to various countries? Right. So, okay, I'll try and do it in 30 seconds. Basically, I think there's too many humans. We're the ones that are, that are, that are, are, are creating these problems. So if, we, if all the humans disappear from the world, it's not going to happen. But Mother Nature would actually fix the elephant population. Um, they did prove that when, and, and people can shoot me down here, that when there was mass culling, um, Zimbabwe, Rhodesia, that were, were, were some of the first places that did the, the mass culling, it didn't actually help in terms of keeping the trees um, and the, the ecosystem intact. So I think we are restricting the elephants, and that's a problem. If we stopped certain hunting zones, we would let those elephants be able to move out. Okay, we don't want them to move out towards the villages where there's going to be a conflict human-wildlife issue or a... Um, arable land um, wildlife issue. We don't want that. But if you look at certain areas in, let's say, Angola, where there was a civil war, a lot of those, those elephants had to come down because of the, the mines and the people shooting them for meat and stuff. They disappeared. They're clever animals. They come down into our areas. Um, we pump our water in Wangi, which means we attract a lot of the Botswana elephants. 
Um, so we have created these problems. I don't think any of those animals should be sold because once again, it goes down to corruption. I don't think a wild animal should be in a zoo. I don't think any animal should be in a zoo. Um, how do we keep their population? Mother nature will look after itself. We've had very dry spells in the last few years and certain species are dying off more. The, very, the last dry spell that we had uh, many years ago, a lot of buffalo were dying. Buffalo population doesn't seem to be as high as it used to be back then. Talking about 15, 20 years ago, CISA will probably be better to touch on that. But this year we noted in, in our concessions and other areas, mostly elephants were dying. Um, and it, a lot of people were sad and the guests were sad, but it's mother nature. It's saying there's not enough food, there's not enough this. So the sick die, the elderly die, and certain species are actually being affected um, and by it. And I could go into another thing about Botswana and some, what's happening to the elephants and only the elephants there at the moment, um, but I'll pause for that. So yeah, we shouldn't be controlling the population. Mother nature will do it for us. And just so you know, Graham, if you think Liverpool or Puy, you'd be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, Donna, uh, Donna reckons, Jim, you look like you need something to say. So you must speak your mind. <laughs> All right, I'll speak up then. Um, so again, uh, just to qualify who I am, I live in the United States. Um, so my, I think my, the best thing I could offer to this conversation would be American perception of everything we're talking about. And perception is, I think is... Um, we are at the mercy of what the media tells us most of the time, because most Americans haven't had the privilege to tr travel to the bush, to go on a safari, to, to take photographs, you know, do all that stuff. So we get a lot of our perception of what's going on and what's good and what's bad from the media. And I would stretch to say that the media's role is to get reactions. And the way you get reactions from people is by being polarized. And that brings me to, um, I really appreciate what Graham said earlier about how it's, it's not this or that. It's not about picking a side so much as it is about understanding how many nuances there are to such a complex and complicated topic. I think the American perception is like either they're pro hunting because they like their guns uh, or they care about animals and they're against hunting. And it's like, that's your choices. It's good or bad. I don't. Oh, oh. we lost him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps I, I phrased that question incorrectly in the beginning because I said pro or against when I should have said, what is your view on it anyway? Um, Jim's back now, so we'll let him finish what he was saying. Carry on, Jim. I don't know what happened, buddy. Me neither. We're, I'm not sure where I got cut off. Anyone going to fill him in? You're talking about the American perspective on hunting. Yeah. You're talking about the polarized views and saying whether yeah, it's okay. or that. So, so the, I just think that um, I appreciate what Graham said about how it's not this or that. It's not just about picking a side about something good or being bad. It's important for people to understand all the different angles of this discussion. Like it's, there's the part about ethical interacting with animals, how we do that. But then there's also the, what about the economic impact to the people that live and, and live off of this type of tourism? You know, people don't think about, a quick example I could think of is, uh, there was an article in a, an American news outlet that said, you know, they're killing, they're killing elephants in Botswana. And I reached out to a friend who lived in Kasane and I said, 
what's going on? I don't trust the media. Tell me what's really happening. And he said, well, we have a government regulated situation where villages are allowed to kill one elephant per month and they use every bit of it for their economy, for food, for clothing, for, for everything. But the media doesn't want to talk about that. So uh, yeah. that's not really to prove a point other than to say that Americans are just so much at the mercy of what the media wants to, which way they want to motivate us. And I think that conversations like this and voices like all are so important to be amplified and. Well, we lost him yeah. again. <laughs> right. I he speaks so well. It's like leaves you in a cliffhanger every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, something to add. Uh, Christy Painting is saying, uh, where did she go? There we go. I cannot understand the desire to hunt. I could never kill something. However, I really understand the need for controlling a population. And if that action is needed anyway, why not get an income to do it? The benefit to the population, the community, the downstream income to the hospitality industry industry is undeniable. All right. Uh, Paul, let yeah. me just... Uh, right. Can I jump in there? Yes, please. All right. Uh, you know, let's look at, uh, looking at, the, at the issue of hunting. I think there's different facets and aspects of hunting that we can talk about. If you talk of hunting in terms of commercial aspect, which is very modern, we've got the dollar value, we've got an economy that is driven by hunting. That's a whole different aspect. Okay, let me drive you back to the traditional patterns of our forefathers, how they used to live back in the day. I mean, mm -hmm. go out, hunt a kudu, hunt an elephant, whatever it was, get back the ration to their families back in the villages and they would sustain their families out of that elephant or that animal and what, what not. I mean, yes, I would agree with the rest of the people that say no to hunting in the sense that you just want to hunt because you've got so much load or bag of money and you can afford it. I mean, it's inhumane when we think of it as Africans here. Yeah? When you think of hunting, it used to be for sustenance, not just for leisure or pleasure. As long as you're hunting for the perspective of, I'm just having fun, yeah, I would say no, no to hunting. But when we come back, the, the tourism industry is so broad. You find that there are communities that live on the peripheries of national parks or safari areas and whatnot. These are the same guys that we talk about human wildlife conflict. The elephants come during harvesting time. They, you know, they graze the whole maize field and all the hard work that we put on uh, over the last four months, November, December, is to die. It's gone. There's nothing that I'm going to benefit. The elephants have taken over. Mm. I mean, looking back at the old system from Rhodesia to early Zimbabwe, the campfire project, that was such a good setup. Hunting was involved, but the funds that would be generated from the hunting aspect would then benefit the communities that are on the peripheries or on the boundaries of the safari areas who in turn would be compensated from the same fund for animals coming over to destroy their fields, lions feeding from their livestock, there was a fund that, that would have been generated from the income that hunting uh, produced. But well, I might be talking of something from the past, but I think those are systems or patterns that we could have followed as Zimbabwe in conservation, even up to this date, because it, it's not just about killing. 
we cull animals to reduce the elephant population, to reduce certain animals in certain areas because they're overpopulated. Overpopulation could mean diseases and whatnot and what sort. We have to reduce animal population in certain areas in order for the biome to fully, fully sustain the area. But, well, you know, those are my two cents. I came in late and I'm just trying to take a little bit of this and that. But when you look at it, hunting 100% is not bad. We used to eat out of the land. Animals used to sustain our forefathers. If we can take the concept and put it in a modern day system, that can work. Have good consultations from people that understand, uh, you know, the ecology of the areas and make the locals and, uh, and the safari companies have like a correlation that is for the sole purpose of conservation, not just profiteering. We could have a way out. Of, of this. Yeah, that's my two cents. So, so there was actually an interesting documentary I watched a while ago about lions in Hansi area in Botswana. And right. there was a situation... Oh, my electricity just went funny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? The guy from the first world, me and Jim, in the UK and the US, we're having electricity and internet connection issues. And then you guys sitting in the gym while I got Come back home. And um, yeah, so... So this uh, documentary that uh, that we that that I watched was basically about. Did you see it? It did it again. Zesa is wrong. UK, Paul. Zesa in UK is not doing well. Zesa has in trouble, mate. Um, so, so so basically, what happened was that the the the, the farming areas in Hansi, they were cattle farming areas, and and what was happening was. Uh, they were issued a certain number of uh, lion hunting uh, licenses per year, a sustainable quota apparently. And what would happen is that the, the, the farmers would allow the, the lions to exist and occasionally would uh, kill off some of their cattle. But they knew that at the end of the year when, they, when their hunts would be done, the cattle would be well paid for by the fact that they would have one or two lion hunts that would pay a hell of a lot of money. But then Botswana banned hunting. And what happened as a result was the lions went from being a very valuable commodity to becoming a pest. So now there was no more compensation for the, for the farmers who were getting their cattle killed. So their solution was to kill what was killing the cattle, but without any income from that. So the, the state didn't, didn't benefit from any sort of uh, hunting fees or license fees. The farmer didn't benefit from any hunting tourism and the cattle were still getting killed by lions. So the only alternative was to kill these lions. And the study showed, I can't cite the study because I can't remember it, but there is a YouTube video. And if people are interested, I will put it into the comments. Uh, it's a TED talk, actually. Um, and what happened was uh, the, the lion population declined significantly in the Hansi area because the lions are getting exterminated as pests. Whereas before they were actually valued by the by the farmers and the cattle the cattle farmers for for being a, a good source of income, even though they ate some of the cattle. So it's a, the the model that Cisa is talking about and the campfire project and and utilize and sustainable offtake that benefits a community. I think is very important. But again, we're relying on the fact uh, that we we need to have a, a that's all things being even where there's no corruption involved and no um, no. Uh, <laughs> No underhandedness or any or any of that kind of thing, which is where it becomes difficult. Um, 
So from let's look at let's let's move a little bit away from conservation from a hunting perspective and let's look a little bit because I mean we're already forty five minutes in and <laughs> we've only talked about a little bit of hunting, um, but uh, yeah, Jim's like stuff this I'm out <laughs> keeps disappearing, um, but there's this whole concept that I've been struggling with in my mind where I I have a problem with the arrogance of humans and. A lot of people are not going to like what I have to say yet, but just bear with me because this is about being devil's advocate and talking about something. It's not necessarily a reflection of my belief system. It's just a thought. And I think the biggest problem that humans face when it comes to interacting with the natural environment is our own arrogance and the fact that we forget that we are just part of that ecosystem and that we are actually, we're not, this whole descended from primates thing is not correct. We are primates. We are intelligent primates that's all we really are at the end of the day we're extremely intelligent primates that uh that uh have uh have much more gray matter to to body weight distribution than, than than other primates and as a result we we consider ourselves quite intelligent but i think if we if we got back to the point of of realizing that we are actually a part of the system and that what we do is natural too that could go a long way to 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 getting more in touch with the with uh, with the environment as a whole, and probably lead us down a path where we would be more in touch with the environment. But the problem is, we we remove ourselves from it to almost a demigod status, and it's it's one of those things where where we do everything we do as actually a part of the system. It was natural too. That could go a long way to to, Why to getting more in touch with the with uh, with the environment as a whole. And <laughs> don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe the the gods of whatever the universe thought that needed repeating. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing a really good ventriloquist impersonation there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think. Where do we draw the line? What is natural? What is not natural? How do we, you know, because everything that's attributed to humans, we deem it not natural. What if, what if we are, I mean, we've been here, the amount of time humans have been on the planet is a drop in the ocean. So like we, we have, we've done nothing. And then you have this whole situation where um, we, we trying desperately to stop certain things from going extinct. Is that even the right thing to do? Should we be trying to stop rhinos from going extinct? Should we be we fighting extinction in any way whatsoever? Because in the grand scheme of things, nothing's going to survive eternally. Everything goes extinct and new species are generated all the time. Over, I'm talking over a macro scale. Um, humans will go extinct. The world will continue no matter what. New species will, will, will replace us at the end of the day. So what do you what do you guys think about that sort of uh line of thinking maybe our entire purpose as a species is to destroy to make way for the next the next evolution of species that is to come and if we're fighting that then are we not destroying our natural purpose in the first place okay paul <laughs> I, I i think that's a very 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 um 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 I mean, uh, controversial as well. Uh, if you, if I would like to put it that way, but my 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 argument is that uh, we 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 shouldn't uh, increase the extinction of of any species. Uh, no human hand should be involved in the extinction of a species whatsoever in terms of uh, fauna or flora. Um, 
um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not good in this subject, though. Where, how far species will get extinct? But the human capacitated extinction is what we'll try and fight for. Uh, I mean, around the world. Uh, for instance, giving an example of rhinos. If rhinos are being poached at that high alarming rate, certainly there, there has to be a way of, 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 of stopping uh, the humanity towards um, uh, the extinction of these species. But so why? if ever there's a species that is going to be extinct in a natural way, yes, let it be so, but without human interference. I feel that would be my 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 best argument for this but are we not natural if like why is it that if it's human interference is being taken away from natural why why are we separated from nature we are just a part of the ecosystem and nature at the end of the day that's the argument i'm i'm having so if you're going to just let it happen whether it's by uh, a volcano or whether it's by human hands they're still natural progressions aren't they you know, Paul. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, no, Cesar. I spoke for far too long, so I promise it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's up to you. All right. Okay, Graham. Okay. Listen to this, Paul. I, I'm I'm of a different school of thought. I'm one to say I I appreciate your point in saying, you know, it's not easy to we shouldn't distinguish ourselves better than any other species on earth because we also rely on other species for survival. But my point is this. You know, as human beings, we also have to take caution in the fact that I, I believe we the, the life that we live, getting back, we said we were dropping the, in the ocean. I believe we've come, I mean, there, there's been different phases in our life as human humanoid at the pinnacle of overintelligence. We've messed ourselves up. This is my thinking. I, I believe the guys that built, like, here in Africa, the Great Pyramids in Giza, Great Zimbabwe, you go to Machu Picchu. I, I'm one who studies a lot of such in my in my spare time. I believe those guys were at a very highly sophisticated, intelligent human, whatever it was. But we we're not really sure what destroyed them. And I, I feel we should appreciate nature for what it is, and not all, seek to advance ourselves so much that we'll destroy ourselves in the process. I don't know if you can get what I'm trying to drive out. Embracing nature for what it is, enjoying nature, push the whatever, because we still have it. If we're not caring, we're talking conservation, we will destroy ourselves in the process of wanting to advance, advance ourselves to be better than what we already are. I'm done. I don't, if you got it, happy days. If not, catch it next time. But my point is that let's not try to seek for too much in the process, we destroy ourselves. I'm done. <laughs> uh, uh, just to clarify, that's what I was thinking. Is just a perspective. It's not what I believe. <laughs> just, just because it's something that I've had conflicting in my mind a lot of where you draw the line of what's natural, what's not natural, what's our purpose as a species, etc. And when you go into it on the on the long scale of things, humans are going to make themselves extinct eventually. But perhaps that's the point. Um, Graham, what did you want to say on the topic? Um, Thanos was right. Um, no, like <laughs> flip the finger, take the humans out of the world and let it let it grow again. No, so so look, 
Interesting. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very much like Elon in a lot of things. I'm a great fence sitter. I'm a middle child. So obviously I had to intervene between the oldest and the youngest on many occasions. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm almost a mediator. So I hear what you say. I often think that same thing. I'm like, if this is, this is the, the greatest scheme, whether it's a, a religious scheme or whether it's just what we're meant to do because our brains are bigger. We're going to produce these things and eventually we're going to implode our, ourselves and the world will, will gather itself. Just depends how many species we take with us. That's the problem. But in saying that same thing, Paul, then what comes to my mind is like, if, if we're supposed to just do it, then then maybe we should stop modern medicine. You know, like, yes, maybe it's one of the, the, the reasons that we've got modern medicine is to keep us going so we can destroy the species in the greater scheme of things. But otherwise, if we if we stop modern medicine, because now we're protecting ourselves. So I think we, we've got a role in this planet. If we are if 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 we are deemed as the alphas of this planet. Um, if we are deemed to be the, the 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 people looking after this planet, then there's a level of conscious that comes into it that we have to look after other species. Unless the same thing, me crossing a road. If I see an old lady or a young kid, I'm going to help them cross the road. I'm not going to be like they're a human. I'm a human. I'm crossing the road, and they can be in danger. So I think we we need to we need to protect species where we can. Um, I think conflict is is inevitable. I, I I believe greed is 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 our biggest problem. That's if if we had an ideal world where there wasn't greed and we we wouldn't want people to move quotas across or I want this much money for an animal or whatnot. Then this thing. I mean, people, the guys in Hansi, I know some of them, and they ride around the back of pickup trucks and shoot shoot lions on a Friday night with beer bottles clanging around. It's 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 not ethical. It's not sustainable. But that's what they do because hunting was bad. But it's it's I'm losing my train of thought now. Um, we need to protect the species around us because we are the dominant species. Yet if CISA takes you out into Wangi right now and puts you in the middle of the bush, we won't believe that we're the dominant species. We will we we will believe that we're not. There's others around. So it's it's kind of like our intellect has to help protect and at all costs the world, I believe. Okay, but now why do we need to protect them? What happens okay. if there's no oh. Paul, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I just I, I remember I, I, I remember a story in Botswana when when we brought about this a similar topic to this one, where if one guy challenged me and said, uh, let, let's just say the six of us we are off, maybe we want to fly to 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 Quebec and we are in Harare, is walk out through the I mean the terminal airport on the terminal side as you just to uh, get into the plane. You see one guy standing by the wing of the plane and is busy popping out rivets. And that's the same plane that you're going to, I mean, that you're going to uh, board into. And it keeps popping the rivets. By the time you get closer to him, uh, you, I mean, that's your first person. Why are you doing that? And he tells, you know, I just got a message from the manufacturer that we can still fly on this thing with these rivets missing it's just a strong thing it will take us to job this is a fact where you then realize that everything is important in this airplane i promise you you won't even get into that plane. those rivets they are enough to tell you that the whole plane depends on each and every part so this is i would also conclude it in this way that all the species around become important uh, uh, from a human factor, uh, from a, a fauna, flora, uh, geographically, we are all important. We are playing a role that has to balance each other. Uh, like I said earlier on, my argument is we humans, because of civilization, 
we then tend to interfere in this natural ecosystem that that can play its role on its own. So somehow everything becomes equal and everything is important. That is a brilliant analogy. I really like that. I'm going to keep that and use that in future as well. Um, thank you for that, Rita. That's perfect. Perfect, perfect analogy. Do you guys have anything you want to add? Like what kind, what, any, any specific areas of this, this topic that you would like to get off your chest while you're here? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Paul, you know, the way you looked, or I mean, I know it's your, as you said, it's not your viewpoint, it's just a viewpoint. Yeah. But for that matter, we might as well do away with the justice system. We might as well, you know, not have education, not have schools. You know, you could just not the same you know, thing. All roam free and just, you know. No, it's know. not the same thing. <laughs> why not? I mean, you're saying that. Uh, you know, we shouldn't uh, remove ourselves, you know, and don't have to be responsible. You know, we, you know, as others have alluded to, we have a certain, uh, you know, made up intellectually in a way that we need to be responsible. We need to um, live in a certain way. We need to help people across the road. We need to be responsible towards the environment. You know, it all goes hand in hand. Um, and I think it's about education. I think, you know, that's where it will start. Um, and, yeah, it's just uh, we do. I mean, we do have a responsibility. And that, you know, animals don't have animal jails, do they? I don't know. Graham, are there any animal jails in, in Wangi? They just can't. No. Actually, there's some in effect. They're called zoos. They're called? Zoos. Zoos. Zoo. Well, there we go. So, <laughs> Unfortunately, got a lot of those in the U.S. Yeah, and unfortunately, those came from humans, not from not from animals. Yeah, Paul. So I mean, you know, you can go around and about, but at the end of the day, I think uh, I think we do have a moral responsibility towards towards our own race, as well as you know, being the dominant you know creature on this world. Um, you know, it's up to us and it's about education and and like Graham says, you know, unfortunately greed uh, is is something that just destroys this, uh, you know, this, this world. Um, and I want to go back a little bit into, you know, when people always look at hunting and say, but if only it's uh, ethical, if only there isn't any corruption, if only, you know, and they, they scrutinize that in the hunting industry. Yet, corruption, greed, everything else is rife in every industry. It's not something unique to hunting. You know? So, you're never going to have sustainable, ethical hunting like it's its own industry without any greed or corruption. Every industry has greed and corruption. So, no matter how you want to tackle it, you're a bit, you're a bit stuffed. So what you're really saying is that we have evolved to a point or where our intellect has evolved to a point where we know what we should be doing, but we're not evolved enough to do it right yet. I think that's what Graham's point was, is that we, we're like adolescents in the, in, in the adolescent stage in, the, in our evolution as a species, where we've right. got to a point where we know a lot, we have a lot of capability, 
but we don't have the emotional maturity to execute it to the degree that it needs to be executed. So we need to get to that next level of emotional, uh, um, emotional sort of maturity as a species, and then maybe we'll be able to 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 do things properly and stop squabbling like kids. Just uh, one, one more one more thing to well add. I think also I'm of the old school of thought, campfire. I, st I, I read the manuscript and I appreciate it so much. You know, another way to really enforce con conservation in communities that are closer to the areas of interest where animals are, you know, try to make sure that the communities that leave their benefit, either directly or indirectly, from the tourism process one way or the other, either employ those folk to work in your bedrooms, clean barmen, waiters, even train them as guides. You know, in turn, where there is sustenance or there is a dollar value in the picture, these guys start to look at the animals with a different eye or perspective. As long as there is no direct income derived from the natural resource that is close to them, and all these people are being brought in from the other side of the country, corruption, Ilan, you mentioned that, if we could also draw back and say, no, if we make sure that people benefit from their natural resource that is close or adjacent to them, there is the respect and the value that they realize from it. We can have less of the problems that we do. You know, people putting snares, killing the painted dog, thinking that they are looking for the impala, people snaring, catching lions in the process. Yet we're going out there with clients, we want to show the big men, black lions of Wange. You know what I'm talking about. Let's try and think of the communities we can add value to our products in the long run. That's just well, my point. Sisa, um, you're, you're a prime example of that because having grown up in, uh, in Vic Falls area, where, where do you, did you say you're from Jambezi? You know, I, I actually have a homestead just outside, 10, 10 minutes drive from town. That's Monday. Yeah, in Monday. Okay, so, so as an example of you growing up in that area, and becoming a pro guide, you've obviously now see the, the, the value the wildlife has to you in the long-term run of having clients and income is far bigger than the value it would have been as a kid where you look at it as a next meal, rather. So that education, that, uh, that being able to, to benefit from your own lo local resource has pushed you into the field of conservation and pro guiding uh, rather than just, uh, just the short-term view of literally the next meal that's available on the table being the actual creature that you could shoot. I agree with you there. So that's, yeah, um, that you're, that's evidence. You, <laughs> the proof is in the pudding right in front of us here, guys. <laughs> um, Rito? So, yes, before we end, I just saw a question from, um, is it, is it Trev Norge, where he was, he posed the question and the last part of his comment saying, the, uh, the question is, um, how, how can we as locals continue to conserve our wildlife, care, poaching, maintain the animal populations at a health level? Uh, just to quickly give, I mean, give a picture. I'm, I'm very, very reliable told that back in the days, our, our, our forefathers, Sisa brought a comment earlier on, the, the, the natural way of conserving our wildlife. Um, there is a culture in, in, in Zimbabwe, the Shona people, mostly they believe in totems, you know, and totems, this is a spiritual connotation between a family or a tribe 
to a certain species or an animal if they if 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 they believe that they are connected to an elephant that tribe on its own they wouldn't dare touch that animal that those are traditional ways that have been kept back in the days of 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 of, of conserving these uh, animals we also had uh, some stories when we were growing up sister would agree with me that there are certain mountains where you are not supposed to go and and, and cut down it you know if, if if you look at the eastern highlands of zimbabwe those beautiful trees on those top mountains these are traditional ways that we grew up being told that if ever you touch that tree with an axe you disappear in the mountains but i'm sure these shrines were simply kept because our forefathers could understand uh, that these animals they belong to us somehow we need to conserve them the biggest problem has been civilization where i would be blunt on this sorry where the government has actually failed its citizens in, 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 in bringing a commercialized way of, 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 of enjoying these animals. If an elephant is shot through sport hunting and the revenue is not taken back to the communities, gentlemen, like, uh, 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 like what Ian said, I mean, Ian said, we are not going to win in terms of uh, conservation and sustainability. We we'll always see these animals as monsters. I'm just talking from a village perspective. The only way for us to have this conservation is simply to get the results from that elephant that is shot in terms of population control. And the villagers should be part of that process. They should be employed. The money should be channeled to building a clinic. The money should be channeled in building a school. Let the villagers enjoy, and then they will appreciate at the end of the day this conservation in terms of sustainability. But if the communities are taken out, if the communities are not involved, if the government is not proactive in involving these communities, certainly we are having a future problem. And it's yet to affect us more than what we can see. That I can promise. That's, uh, Paul, can I jump in? You're on mute, Paulie. Maybe I can jump yeah, in because that, that's profound and actually is amazing. It, uh, Brito, um, yeah, take my hat off. If you can't involve the communities, it, it, you're not going to win the war on poaching, the war on hunting, or the war on um, sustainable tourism. And I think the industry as a whole woke up late to it. You know, people didn't realize. They thought, no, we could just take this huge, large land, tell no one they can hunt in here, no one they can snare in here, and they must go and, and live, live their life there. And if the elephant moves from here one kilometer to there and suddenly takes out all the crops, they're not allowed to shoot it right. because it's bad. That, that was totally wrong. So, so as, a, as, as, a, as a society, I think we woke up later. And I think a lot of the, the non-consumptive people are actually doing that. Every operator I know of has to have a corporate social responsibility program that is um, not only just looking after, say, the children, but also the healthcare and water and, and, and farming and stuff like that. So it, it goes a long way. Um, I'll wrap up poorly if that's okay. But so my thing is I get back to the human greed and that's my problem. You know, we have this discussion right. about what we need to do and what we, we can't do and stuff. But once we've got that human greed and that corruption in there, it, it, to me, it's just like we can't actually have a, a discussion. We need to we need to wait until that goes away if ever then have it. The reason being is we use the word single use plastic, right? Bullet is also single use. If you use a bullet on, on an elephant or a lion or something like that, that's gone, it's done. 
So if someone has, has, has obtained that corruptly, it's a problem. Hunting, if you look at the, the manual, it's, it's, it says this is what we should do, the weapons we should use, where we should hunt, how we should do it, blah, 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 and stuff like that. It's fine. It's like saying you're not allowed to kill another person. It's illegal to do that. Yet, if I went to Joburg now into the deepest uh, CBD and walked around there, I might get mugged, stabbed, or whatever, or in deepest New York. People say you're not allowed to do it, but it still happens. So when this issue of the of the hunting happening, if we look at Cecil and we look at other examples I can give in our company in Zambia in the Kafui National Park, we preserve these animals. That corruption came and they took out all the lions and stuff and they didn't put money back into to have the lions come into that area and stuff. Suddenly now we've got people that are dragging carcasses across from a national park protected area into, I'm using Kafui, I'm not touching the Cecil at the moment, in, into just outside the hunting zone with the hunter standing waiting there. So the big beautiful lions that all the tourists are coming and they've got to know and they're paying $50,000 per person or airfare, I'm talking hotels, transport, buying goods, um, buying food and that. That lion's gone. That tourist says, no, I'm not coming back again to see it. You guys, you, you let it happen. As a company, we partnered with hunters at one stage and it was a bit, a bit of a debacle, but we needed them because there was such a scourge of poaching. It was just snaring. Right. Snare islands, all the animals in, and the animals would die horrible deaths. The people could only carry four or five carcasses, so 50 carcasses were left to their own demise. Once again, wild dog, leopard, uh, lion, and cheetah were also falling, falling prey there. So we partnered with these hunters to say, okay, we've almost got a, they, they had a game management area, so national park, game management area. And we partnered with them because if they could keep the poachers from coming from their size, it would, it would help. We contributed fuel and stuff to the aircraft. What those guys did is they flew the aircraft over and they spotted where the big uh, male lions were. They spotted where the, the last remaining elephant were and where the buffalo were. And then they radioed their guys and they went to the edge of the concession. They waited. And when they could, they would shoot into the national park, boop, run in, da, 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 and go. And we caught them a few times. But then it goes back to, no, it was shot over here. And by the time you get lawyers involved and stuff, it's, it's, it's finished. So the problem is that that corruption, that greed, where... I can get fifty thousand dollars if my if my client can shoot a big lion, but that lion's over there. I might not get the chance to because he's going to fly back to America. Sorry, Jim, use America as an example. Next three days. So let me now entice that lion across. Boom, that lion's gone. Those genes are gone. That's the problem that that are, that have come up with it. So for me, because it's single-use plastic, single-use bullet. Until we can have a discussion, I, I, I'm going to stick on the side of the no hunting, and I'm going to push for the conservation. But I understand specifically in Zimbabwe, campfire projects great. Understand there are needs in other areas where it's not photographic, right? Ideal in my world will eventually move to where everything in life is valued and we will will maintain it and we'll be able to employ everyone in the world, everyone in Zimbabwe, and we won't have to shoot mm. something. Mark, <laughs> uh, you've got a point that he wanted to get across before we wrap up. Um, when we do wrap up, guys, uh, just don't log off. I'll end the broadcast, but don't log off so I can say cheers to everybody properly. Smokey, go for it. Wow, uh, this, this has been a, a really uh, eye-opening conversation. Um, so we kind of touched on so many, um, you know, on, on, on different, um, you know, kind of topics and, and all of that. But I think from what I got, um, so number one, on, on, the, on the part of conservation, right, um, I, I, I will say this, being born um, a local of Victoria Falls, I, I, will, I, I will tell you this, I had wildlife around me 
know, just like Sisa, just like Brito, you know, we had wildlife all around us, like um, from when we were little kids, you know, and we, you know, we were raised to fear animals. Like, you know what I mean? Like when, when we were growing up, there was a fence that, you know, surrounded kind of, you know, encompassed like the community um to keep the wild animals away from the people and so when you so my view of wildlife was let them stay in the wild right i i i i didn't have an idea about like what conservation was or all this stuff until i think maybe five years ago uh and my whole entire life has been, you know, I think Sisa and Brian will 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 really um, uh, agree with this statement that you know we grew up having a healthy fear of uh, maybe not Sisa because Sisa kind of loves animals, but you know <laughs> you hear uh, stories of like a woman who got you know killed by an elephant, a guy got killed by buffalo, you know. So like really, it was like you know even in our community within like the township right pregnant woman gets chased you know and, and gets you know mauled by an elephant and all those stories right and so it was only just a few years ago when i started to listen to these conversations like people talking about conservation people talking about um sustainable conservation and blah blah, blah. and that's when i started to learn about things like the clash between conservation and development and i began to kind of ask myself um a lot of questions like okay number one right when there's a problem all the time my mind tries to not think about the problem but tries to think to not think about the problem at hand but to think about the reason why there is that problem and so i looked at it from different angles and i was like well he here you have people living in the rural areas they've been raised to hunt um and i think cesar or brito brought this uh point you know that they we were hunters and gatherers and we did that for sustenance you know just you know go out there you know kill an animal so that the, you know the your home to fit your home to fit the village and, and all of that and then something changes in the way of life and nobody is told hey this is you know things are changing uh, and this is the reason why things are changing no you're just told you you are not allowed to hunt right don't hunt just um and when you if if you do hunt it's illegal you don't even know what illegal means, right? Uh, <laughs> because, and then somebody comes and sets up a camp, you know, and then they tell you, you can come and get employed, you know, and we'll pay you X amount of money, right? And then you start seeing people coming in in cars and shooting those animals for sport. You know, there's just something like in, in, in your, there's a, you know, there's just something that just messes up with, with your mind. Like, okay, so... I'm not allowed to shoot so I can feed my family, but somebody mm -hmm. else is allowed to shoot just to have <laughs> the funds so they can hang a head of a lion or, or of an impala or a kudu in their house. It all 
you know, boils down to it was all done in a, in, in a manner that didn't respect the locals. It was all done in a, in a manner that didn't uh, respect um, the people in those areas. You know, it, it's almost like something was taken away from them by force. And then, you know, and, and you also realize that right now when you're looking at um, uh, this issue of conservation, the, the very locals who are caught um, setting snares, um, um, trying to, you know, get the, the horns from the animals, from the wildlife, they, they, they are people they sell those things to. The people with the money, right? If they get, because obviously, I mean, and they don't, most of those guys who are out there in the bush, you know, hunting for those animals illegally in courts, they don't really get the big share of that money. You know, they probably get like pittance. It's just pittance. You know, they're out there trying to, you know, feed their families. It's the best way they know how. So, you know, when, you, when you're looking at all these things, you start to realize that the, the issue is not in the, the, you know, conservation. It's not about, you know, preserving the environment. It's not, you know, it's not about that. It's about how it was done. There was no respect for the people. Now, that's point number one. Point number two is going to be very quick. Um, I'm going to try to make it very quick. Uh, point, number, <laughs> point number two is on the issue of, um, I, think you, I think you touched on um, almost like the Armageddon type of a, a thing, you know, like oh, the world is ending and, you know, <laughs> it was kind of scary, um, you know, that thought process. You kind of took me to a place where I was like, I need to come back. I need to get back. But, uh, but look, here's, here's my thing. I, I put human beings, the lives of people first. And that's just, that's just me. I know there are a lot of people who care so much about, you know, wildlife. I know there are so many people who care so much about all of that stuff. For me, it's people first, right? So in, in, in the sense that I, and, I, and I'm sorry, and I apologize, you know, to people who feel offended about this, but look, I will not put the life of an animal before the life of a person. Uh, and that's just who I am, you know. And and the reason why I'm that way is because if you know, if the if the primary, if the primary um, being here, the the superior being is, is the human being, because we are able to take care of the animals, we are able to take care of the environment. A lion will not take care of a human being, you know. Nor will a lion take care of the environment. A lion will hunt. It will kill. When it's hungry, it will eat. You know, but as human beings, we have the capacity to reason, to know, you know, how to balance things and all this other stuff. I, I believe that the first and most important thing should be people. Put the people first. So even when it comes to development, even when it comes to conservation, all those issues should put, put people first. It doesn't matter if the world is going to end, if things are going to go in, you know, extinct, if animals are going to go extinct. I don't really care. What I care about is if they, if they are villagers, if they are people living in a set, in a specific area, and they, you know, they, 
the, the wildlife is their livelihood. Those people should eat. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But Thanks, you get my point. You. you get my point. Yeah, you get you. my point. First, people Sparky, are, what are you doing on the 31st of July? Animal. <laughs> that's a good question that's a good oh. question I'll be home oh. <laughs> I missed something what's happening on the 31st of July I'll, I'll check to you later okay. we, might, we might be being listened to <laughs> no, mass protest when it was for the people so you were talking about for the people so it sounded like a 31st of July slogan for the people you know so just there's just one one thing here. Tyron Hurst is saying, where did the meat go from the animal shot? Um, I'm guessing he's talking about the, the points of campfire project and stuff like that. Because later on, he says, if you're talking about campfire area, and he mentioned also by force of greedy councilmen or something. But uh, so you want, so Tyron, from what I understand, Tyron is a, a hunter. No, I don't think he is. Um, oh, is I'm not sure if he's talking about the party. If he's talking about to the animals that were shot because they attacked people, like the elephant that was recently shot, or something like that, or if he's talking about campfire areas, ambiguous. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, but I know Maybe. a lot of the time. Yeah, but yeah, in, in campfire areas, the meat is given to the community, to the similar community, to yeah. what was happening in, in 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 the Delta area in Botswana there. All the meat mm. will go back to the village. It's part of the rations. Yeah. Tyron, you're gonna so, need to give me more, buddy, because you just said yes. I don't know what you're there's a little delay between comments and the video, so I'm not sure what you're responding to. So if you want us to give this one a bit of a go for you, we can. Oh, yeah, so it says animals shot in the campfire area. Where did meat go to? And I think Cesar's just answered that question by saying uh Mm. saying uh, they go to the meat goes to the community in those specific areas because yeah. also remember campfire is for the community communal areas management program for indigenous resources so that's mm. pretty much community-based programs yeah which was offsetting the wrongs that Smokey was talking about where people suddenly came and said and look they probably had pith helmets and very pale skin and suddenly said hey you're not allowed to shoot an animal anymore that's not <laughs> wrong and I, I agree a hundred percent with you Smokey um I think I think remember just just so Smokey doesn't run me over the next time he sees me walking in the course um I think we, we were talking my, my my thing was was not anti-hunting uh for sustenance was anti-hunting for the the animal on the wall so obviously if if if, if people are hungry like people need to eat and I mean we've seen it here in Vic Falls the amount of snaring that's increased and it's sad and a lot of people are like this is terrible they're snaring and stuff I said on live here, if my family needs to eat, I will do whatever I need to do to put food on the table. And a lot of us can maybe say yes or no, but you know, I don't believe in stealing. But if for whatever circumstance I am put in a position where I'm in a shop and there is food that I can get and feed my family, I will steal <clears throat> if, if need be. I mean, I think everyone would. I wouldn't be the human I am, the father or the provider, if I do that. And same for hunting, you know, but we, but yeah, if 
yeah, my problems with the the trophy hunters, the the guys that come and shoot and pose and then then leave, and and we don't know where that meat goes to. If it's not in a campfire program, it might be just you know the 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 actual hunter then sells it to his friend who's a butcher, who then sells it to to his friends at, a, at an exorbitant price, and people don't actually get get the benefits of it of the animals they're actually yeah, looking also, after. And also, Graham, I, I mean, like, um, look, there are, there are uh, certain people who don't eat like. Certain meats, you know, like for instance, yeah. I don't eat lion, you know, I yeah. nor do I eat elephant, you know, and I know there are so many other people who don't, you know, so, so you know, that's, a, that's another, you know, if if that's, you know, if the compensation, like for bringing somebody, um, you know, from you know to come and 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 and, and hunt for sport, is oh, you know, we'll give the villagers the meat. Um, yeah. sometimes the meat is useless. It's like, oh, you're giving us lion meat. What do we do with that? You know, do we yeah. feed our dogs, you know, or what? So at the end of the day, you know, they, they should be, you know, di- you know, deep discussions in, you know, to make this whole thing make sense for locals, you know, make it, you know, sustainable. Who did we lose? I think Brito left. Oh, and Brito. Connection died. Yeah. I think it also comes back to, you know, if you say let's shoot a lion or let's shoot an elephant in, in hunting, an elephant will go a lot longer. There's more elephants, etc. But the, the man who's coming from across the ocean there, the kiwa that's coming across, he, he doesn't want to shoot an elephant sometimes. He wants to shoot something that's crazy. I mean, imagine if suddenly all the hunters said, I'll pay you $50,000 to shoot an impala. Jeez, I mean, that would be the easiest thing to employ. We don't. We go back to that, <laughs> and we go back to that system where we want to be seen with a big lion or holding a big leopard or a big bear, and that's the problem. You know, like I, yeah. I agree with campfire and everything, and I and and yeah, yeah. Right, Jim, give us your give us your five Can cents. We all happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jim, give us a, give us some some input there, mate. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? I apologize for my connection. Yeah, we're good. We got you. Okay. Hopefully I'm, I'm on topic because I got cut out for a second. But um, I think it was important to make the distinction between hunting and trophy hunting because we started this discussion kind of talking about both. Um, agreed, they're very different. I think the, and, uh, there's also two topics we've talked about, which is the ethics of killing animals and our responsibilities as the dominant species. I definitely agree that with great power comes great responsibility. Um, but the other topic is like, what's the, what's the economics of it? And we talked a little bit about how like it's, I agree it's important for the people that live in the place where the animals are being, would be hunted to benefit from that. I think one of the challenges I might be opening up a whole other can of worms here, but a lot of these tour companies are owned by Americans or are primarily owned by Europeans and they're not financially incentivized or even personally, personally connected with the space that they're impacting. And so I think that removes them from the equation and it removes their just understanding of how they're impacting. So I guess uh, a point I wanted to make and maybe br- get your input was um, how can we shift more of the economic impact of hunting to the local communities and how do we regulate 
these international companies that are just cashing in on this. And because I think it's going to have, again, my, my stance is um, sustainable hunting and regulating it, but the economics is another side I'd like to bring up and get all your opinions on it because you're much more qualified to talk about that than I. Well, to just to just to clarify one thing, and if you are talking about hunting in Zimbabwe as, as specifically, from what I understand, you have to be led or done go with a Zimbabwe qualified professional hunter guide. So, to get that professional hunter guide qualification, Cisa could tell you a lot more about it. But it's 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 the equivalent of doing like a four year to five year degree with honors. It's it's no simple task. It's not like someone from Mozambique can just decide he's going to go and set up a hunting outfit in Zimbabwe because firstly, you need the qualification that Zimbabwe recognizes. And secondly, you need to actually bid for concessions for you to actually have a hunting area. So I'm not sure about how much external uh, operations really are. I don't know. I don't know enough about that, but I don't think it's as easy for people disconnected from Zimbabwe to try and come and hunt you. I know there's a quite a lot of pro hunters from South Africa who have been infiltrating a little bit, but I don't know the details on that to be able to comment uh, properly. I don't know if CISA has any... any Just a point. You know, it's a good point, Jim, but uh, there's an obstacle here. The biggest obstacle or hurdle is getting to the marketing aspect of the hunting industry. You know, people have to go to the hunting conversions and whatever is happening in, it's usually in Texas. What was that place in Texas, uh, Houston, Texas? You know, flying from Zimbabwe to there, you're just a community man. You don't, you've never been flown to Harare or Johannesburg. It's not easy. So most of these people get into partnership, partnerships with these international outfitters who bring in the business, thereby the community earns a certain percentage and it's distributed amicably. I mean, somebody even mentioned 100 shares. Given 100 shares, think of it as 100 uh, homesteads that make up that community. Each home is going to get a share or portion of, say, 5,000 United States dollars. Do the math. How much does each homestead get? Is it $50? Yeah, it's $50. So out of a hand, say, for instance, that yielded a $5,000 figure, I'm just giving an example, each homestead is going to make a 50 figure. That's from one animal. So I don't think there's anything bad with them partnering with the internationals. I think where the line is usually breached is how much is made for the community. Because remember, the community is then going to be divided into many homesteads, thereby the money becoming smaller and smaller. It might be 50-50. But end of the day, the company that's marketing or bringing the business is getting 5000 and living and they're committing $50 each. It's not. It's no longer 5000 because it's divided amongst 100 homesteads. So if you answered, Jim, there, so that's how the whole math or gimmick works. We will never be able to go market with $50 notes. And it's hard for the community to say, put back that money and have our own marketing person going overseas. It takes a bit of time for them to adapt and adjust to such notions it's a bit more advanced but it's workable it's workable good to know yeah we just have to you know create a game like a you know virtual reality type of a game where you know people that want to kill for sport you know you can we can just offer them that game like you know you can come and kill for sport 
you know, but <laughs> what we're offering you here is, you know, real time, just come and tour and view the animals. We are not allowing you to shoot any, you know, animal for sport. Like, you know, it should just be that because at the end of the day, like, I mean, what's the point, you know, because if there's no monetary value, you know, that's sustain and there's no sustainability for the locals. I mean, why, why the hell do it then? You know, just to appease, you know, some some rich person, you know, from the US, you know, and a couple of people up top. I I feel that at the end of the day, it really feels like we are just, um, you know, the whole system is just there to benefit, you know, a few people at the top, who, you know, at the expense of one, the animals, you know, and two, the locals, you know, you know, at the end of the day, there's not going to be any wildlife, you know. Um, so, look, any any software geniuses? Well, you are one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Virtual reality is getting better. Exactly. We just do a virtual reality thing. We put them in the, you know, in the bush. We just make sure there are no animals. We give them a fake gun and just run around, run wild, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really about their ego, right? It's some dude who wants to stroke his ego so yeah. we can give him a big a golden sticker and pat him on the back and say, good job, you know? Yep. And then, then yeah. he could stroke his ego and feel good. That That's why a yeah. guy wants to shoot a lion. Let's be honest. Then they can pay 10000 yeah. Then they can pay 10000 yeah. for that. So just, yeah. just for for Jim's sake, uh, when we're talking about uh, benefiting the communities, we're not talking about Zimbabwe as a community as a whole. We're talking about specific villages that surround hunting concessions in specific areas. So, you know, when you look at a, a place like Zimbabwe where there's a big rural population, and by rural population we mean real rural population, um, you know, when we talk about rural, we're talking about no electricity, no running water type of rural, not not like um, rural England where you live in a normal house like what you what you live in in town, but just in a smaller place. Um, so from that point of view, those areas uh, form their own microcosm of um, of how they actually sustain themselves in their in their own sort of environment and almost are almost autonomous of the whole of Zimbabwe. I mean, some of those villages I've been to, especially in the Eastern Highlands during that cyclone die thing, some of those villages were remote where peeps there, I don't think some of those people have never seen, the, the younger ones, like the kids, I don't think those kids have ever seen actual money. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's not even necessary to have money. So, like, when you start talking of exchange rates and inflation, that's like, it's not even applicable. So that's the kind of uh, kind of areas we're talking about, and how the, those people are having, like Smokey's saying, are having their food taken away from them, and being told you're not allowed to do that, but this guy's allowed to because he's paid money. And and the concept of ten thousand US dollars is even like incomprehensible to somebody who lives there. Never mind a hundred bucks is incomprehensible sometimes. Am I? Am I? Feel free to tell me I'm talking shit, but no, no, you're you're right. Oh, sorry, I'll jump in. But but I think maybe there's a layer that we we've, we've pulled out. So so Caesar quite rightly explains to to Jim how a lot of the overseas companies um, are you know the the marketing and then they'll they'll partner with with the local person a hunt on the ground and and uh, it was a Donna 
talking about the SAPH hunters and stuff like that. So that they're almost like a, a middleman. But there is an element that we, we, we may have forgotten, and Caesar will know more about it. But from my understanding is a lot of these areas, these, these concessions where you are legally allowed to hunt and then the meat will go back to the, to the communities are actually owned by people who probably have never picked up a gun in their life. They are politically connected. They, and they will charge an exorbitant fee to this other company who will then have to find a Zimbabwean hunter to legally do the, the shooting stuff. So it, it's, it's, come, it's brought into that whole thing again where you've got a big pot of money coming for a lion and then it just starts getting diminished, diminished, diminished. And eventually the people on the ground are not benefiting as, as, as much, much from it. And, and that, I'll, I'll be fair, also goes into the, the sustainable um, tourism as well. It's, it's not like certain companies that own areas. Certain companies lease it on a certain person. Who, so it, it's, it's convoluted, and it goes back to greed and corruption again. I'm not saying all areas are corrupt. Please, Zach, do not come knock on my door. You've got to get in line over there first. But yeah, um, so there's, a few, yeah there's a few a few things where I think, as humans, I'm talking about the human essence, where we infiltrate, we make things so complicated, and it's the people on the ground that suffer, and that's the problem. It, it, it makes it so convoluted and so murky, and the people on the ground who's never seen $10,000 or $1 is actually not benefiting from something that their forefathers have been looking after and sustainably looking after and hunting for, for, for a long time. Um, I've got something to say to everybody watching. Everyone who wants to currently shoot Graham, I'm selling a license for, um, for $100,000. You've you got to go through Smokey. Jim is going to market it. And Caesar will take it. And Brito will save my life. Boom. <laughs> you can shoot Graham and we'll donate the money to charity. We'll donate a significant amount of the money to charity. Whatever's left of it. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want the trophy because you're ugly, I'll, I'll take the trophy for my wall. <laughs> it's going to haunt you. Right, guys, we, we, we've been touching this topic for one hour and 40 minutes. So I'll let you decide. Do you want to take it two hour or shall we wrap it? Paulie, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go. Sorry, um, I, I probably have to go uh, shortly. But I, I, to, to be honest, I really enjoyed this, and I hope I haven't offended anyone. Or maybe, look, if you offend people, it's good. It means you, you, if you, I think Winston Churchill said it properly. Jim, you're a much smarter man than me. You'll probably know the saying where if you haven't offended someone, you haven't stood up for your beliefs long enough. Basically, that's the crux, crux of it. Um, so please, yes, Donna will come and save me as well. Um, but yeah, I, interesting to do it again sometime <laughs> if you want, and hopefully we've got other topics we can we can we can touch on. And it's just nice to touch base with people and have my mind pulled in different directions, which it hadn't been. Mm. Thank you. Well, this is the point, really. So I I didn't know how this was going to go, and I didn't know how um, it was an experiment, just because I thought it would be fun. And I think that at least once every third broadcast. I think I'd like to still focus on the one-on-ones for now, but I think once every third broadcast, I'd love to have the, even the same team or a similar team together where we just tear apart any topic. We just talk, look at it from like different... Hair. Please, can we do your hair? <laughs> what do you want to do with my hair, Graham? <laughs> we want the mohawk back. 
What's this <laughs> like? Nick, Nick, want the Nick, <laughs> Nick is my boss. Nick, if you're watching, please, like I'm going to do tour at work. Every single person is shouting at me for not having my mohawk anymore. I think it's time. Uh, I think you've got to know me now, and I've been with your company for six months. I think it's time you get my mohawk back. But, um, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed this. I think this is a great way to do things. It's I think it's so important when you can have so many different perspectives from so many different walks of life because we are all vastly different sitting here together today. And just shows you that people with different opinions, different viewpoints, different everything can sit together, debate topics, look at different perspectives, and as a, as a whole come up with much more informed decisions and really, really use intellect to get to, get, to, get to educate ourselves and each other. Because there's things that have been brought up today by Graham that I had never thought about. There's been things that uh, Brito said, that analogy Brito brought to the table was incredible. Um, yeah, Jim's giving Graham the, 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 the props there. Graham had a lot today. Graham was the man. Um, yeah, Smokey, a completely different perspective again. I think it, it's just so important to do that. And not to worry about being an expert on the topic. We'll try and have someone with a bit more expertise on the topic like we did today with Lisa and Graham being the primaries on this particular topic. But doesn't mean yeah, you're because we're all intelligent people in this group. We're all, um, we're all, uh, we all want to learn and we're all hunger for, I think the, the, the important thing to note is that we've all got, a, at least you all have got a growth mindset where you value education and, and learning the right answer more than you value being right in yourself, which is the important mm -hmm. part. And I think that's the part that people miss a lot is that yeah, they get so yeah, attached yeah. to being yeah. right in their opinion and holding their identity to their rightness rather than the identity on finding the right solutions. And I think, I think this is a great way to breach that. So um, I just, I'm going to say, I'm going to say cheers to Graham because I'm going to bring Ilan back on so I can say goodbye to him. Thank you, Graham, so much, mate. Don't Thank leave. You, well done, man. Don't leave. Cheers, guys. I'll, I'll hang around fully, bring Ilan back. Thanks, okay. Graham. And I'm also going to be heading out. <clears throat> All right, cool. Oh, you are, Smokey. And I'm also uh, kind of uh, heading out. Yeah, okay. so we'll birthday, say man, and uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Marky, let's sing this guy happy birthday the old way, old school way. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. sh we should, we should, we, where we is should, he? Yeah, happy let's go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Paul. Oh, happy birthday to you. You lost it. You lost it. I think it's a feature as an academic. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Smokey was still talking. Huh? What are you talking? My bad. Yeah, he was talking. You can kick me out. You might kick me out for Smokey to finish this. You can kick me out. Okay, I'm kicking out, Jim. Cheers. Thanks, fellas. Oh, I'm out. It's been awesome. Thank you, Sundre. All right. Cool. We'll catch you guys later. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who's watched. Um, it would be pointless without you to some extent, but we'll do this anyway because uh, it is kind of selfish. We're doing this for us and for our own growth and our own education, but I'm glad you guys could get involved. Your questions are always welcome and always valuable. It's been so great having such good engagement today. 
Thank you for all your different perspectives. And uh, remember, every Wednesday, same time, 7 p.m. CAT, 6 p.m. BST. And if you know anybody that um, that you think would be interesting to have on as a chat, please drop them in the in the in the comments inbox me. Let them know about the show and and get put me in touch. Uh, next week we've got someone really interesting from Australia. The week after that we've got an incredible artist from Harare. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a lineup, but I'm always looking for more guests. Anyway, I'm going to end the broadcast there. Everybody wave and say bye. 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 bye.